0: Good morning, everybody, and happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of today's episode, or rather, I guess that's redundant. Welcome to another episode, rather, of the um, Berean Post devotional uh, podcast. <clears throat> For those of you that have been following along, you know we have been going through the book of, yes, First Corinthians uh, chapter 1, and we're going to take a look at verses 14 to 17 today. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the text. I thank God that I I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanas and besides I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be of no effect. So today we're going to dive into the hilarious world of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 14 to 17. So prepare for some humor. Here we have Paul being all cheeky and everything, saying that I thank God I baptized none of you. Seriously, Paul? It's like he's playing this game of a spiritual dodgeball, trying to avoid baptizing anyone. We can almost picture him hiding behind a baptismal font shouting, I'm not it. Initially, his words make one think Paul wants nothing to do with baptisms, and then he starts making these exceptions. He's like, okay, okay, fine. I did did baptize a few people. And then he conveniently forgets who exactly it was he dunked in the water. I mean, really, Paul? So, based on this text... uh, we, we 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 should be surprised that his, his tag name did not become the Apostle Paul, the forgetful baptizer. Maybe he should have carried a baptismal uh, log scroll or something. Now, let's shift gears a little bit and explore the characters Paul mentions, Crispus and Gaius. These folks aren't just random names pulled out of the hat, no? They played a significant role in early Christian in the early Christian um, community. So first up, we have Crispus. He's like the leader of the synagogue in Corinth. A big deal in the Jewish community, but guess what? Paul shows up with his Jesus talk, Crispus and his whole household jump on the Jesus train and get baptized. So talk about a a plot twist. Imagine the synagogue's reaction to their leader ditching them for a dunk in the holy water. As for Gaius, he's an enigma. There were multiple Gaiuses running around in those biblical times. Uh, It's like uh, the name was All the Rage, you know. One Gaius appears in Romans 16, uh, 23, where Paul mentions someone who hosted him and the entire church in his house. So could this be the same Gaius that Paul baptized? Some scholars think so. Maybe Gaius had the gift of hospitality and loved throwing house parties for the apostles. Here's the fun part. Church history and tradition add a bit of extra spice to the mix. According to those tales, Crispus became quite the superstar in the early church. Some even claimed he became the Bishop of Angia in Greece. Wow, talk about a promotion. And there were whispers that he was among the 70 disciples that were anointed by Jesus himself. So I guess he went from synagogue leader to Jesus follower extraordinaire. Then we have... um, Gaius, oh boy, many stories and traditions are swirling around him too. One version suggests he, he hosted, he played host to the Apostle John, and some even say that he ended up as the Bishop of Ephesus, taking on some serious responsibilities. Another tradition connects him to the beloved Gaius mentioned in uh, 3 John uh, one and one, where he's a faithful disciple and a receiver of one of John's letters. He's quite. Quite the VIP, I mean, but anyways, remember that these church traditions might not have the same historical rel- reliability as biblical accounts, they're more kind of like bonus features and DVD, entertaining but not necessarily the main storyline. So, there you have it the, the comedy quirks of Paul's baptism banter, along with glimpses into the lives of Crispus and Gaius. But amidst the humor, it's worth remembering that these individuals played a part in the early church community, showcasing the gospel's transformative power. Now, it's tempting to take a hilarious detour into the dictation theory of inspiration. I mean, picture this. God is ultimately the dictation machine, with Paul taking notes and scribbling feverishly. And then Paul's like saying, hey guys, um, I didn't baptize many of you, but don't worry, God didn't dictate this passage to me either, so no divine inspiration claims here. But we're going to leave that whole discussion alone right now and stay focused on the text. Our son had the grand opportunity to get baptized in the Jordan River. During his trip to, um, to Israel, he had that privilege. We were a tad bit sad that we couldn't witness it firsthand. But one must admit, I mean, come on, how cool is that? Who wouldn't want to say, hey, I was baptized in the Jordan River? It's like the ultimate, ultimate baptismal bragging rights. But hold on, there was a there was a whole baptismal industry going on there. I mean, I imagine stalls selling I Got Dunk in the Jordan t-shirts and souvenir water bottles. And likely, we, we, there's a cost. We want to remember the cost. You probably had to shell out some serious shekels to claim those bragging rights. While we were not present... <laughs> we wonder if it were like a holy amusement park where baptism is the main attraction. Now here's the conundrum. Why would anyone who has already been baptized go for another round in the Jordan? I don't think my son was, but I'm just posing a hypothetical question. I think that was the first time my son did get baptized. But it's it's, it's like if, if, if a person went there to get baptized a second time for the sake of being baptized in the Jordan, it's kind of like um, spending seconds on an all-you-can-eat buffet when you're already stuffed. We're not against multiple baptisms, mind you. People have their reasons. In our case, it was all about having a deeper understanding of what baptism meant. But Paul, and his hilarious baptism banter in this text, is simply Paul saying, Thank goodness I didn't baptize most of you, so nobody can accuse me of start, starting some kind of Paul's baptismal club. I mean, can you imagine the chaos if everyone claimed to be a part of that exclusive group? We'd need membership cards, secret handshakes, and map- matching baptism robes. I mean, picture this, people standing in line, bragging about their baptismal credentials. Oh, you got, bapti- you got baptized by Timothy? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I uh, Paul baptized me. Uh, you you do know that Jesus appeared to Paul, so it stands to reason by extension I'm practically a super uh, a spiritual superstar. You know, sorry to Timothy, uh, sorry Timothy, but that Paul was a, has a better reputation, and I'm pretty sure he would win the 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 who's who of baptisms competition hands down. There's a there's a here's the thing, friends. Paul's point is 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 crystal clear. It's not about the location or the baptizer. It's about the heart and the faith behind it. Getting dunked in the Jordan River might make for a great story to impress your friends, but it doesn't make you any more spiritual than the person baptized in a humble bathtub. Paul's clever baptism banter should make us chuckle, but it serves as a gentle reminder. It's easy to get caught up in the external trappings of our faith, focusing on Superficial things like the places or persons, but what truly matters is a genuine commitment and understanding that we have in our hearts. So let's laugh at the absurdity of using the who and where and what as as spiritual status symbols. Remember that faith isn't a competition for the most prestigious baptism experience or who we know. Instead, let's focus on the true significance of our faith, the transformative power of Christ. That that comes with it, and the love and the grace it inspires in our life. Ultimately, it's not about the who or where or what of our faith or baptism. It's about our deep personal connection with God and the joy and the peace that comes from living out our faith authentically. So let's embrace the human Paul's words here and let them lead us to a deeper understanding of what it truly means in our faith journey. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Breein Post podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit Brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.